Welcome to the Double D Do Business Podcast by RLC with your hosts, Dave Evans and Debbie Halls Evans, where they meet each week with guests and discover ways you can help yourself and others become best version businesses, teams, and people. We are recording. It looks like we are back, Debbie, for Double D Do Business. We don't need an intro. I just remembered because we've got one. So uh, we are here. We are here, Debbie, with a special guest this time around, aren't we? We are indeed. Somebody who shared our home with us. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I guess before we introduce Jordan. We just introduced I just you. did, yeah. Um, <laughs> right. uh, J- Jordan Felden uh, from the US, Denver, Colorado. Um, and we're going to be talking about something today. Jordan, say hello. Hi, guys. Hi, <laughs> Thanks Jordan, so much for having me. the worst introduction ever of Yeah, but it's real. So it's real. <laughs> it's real Jordan, time. So we're talking about tell today, right? everybody what you do. Yeah, I'm a Jordan. I am a coach. I help high achieving successful women that kind of just feel like there's something missing in their life and they're ready to take their life to the next level, but they're not really sure what that looks like. They've done all the things and uh, made all the money and hit all the metrics, but they're just ready to kind of explore different aspects of life. Um, So I take them through that, guide them through that whole process um, because it can be very, very vulnerable. And I've gone through it myself and having outside eyes is really helpful. Now we we met originally um, at, a conference didn't we where for the first yeah. time as part of a team to you're wearing a kilt that's correct yeah and uh, <laughs> that's right with jim sugarman and his crew oh, that's right it, yeah. yeah it was jim sugarman intergenerational working yeah and yeah. We, well, we, we met lots of people we'll never forget keith the chief um, <laughs> uh, is, is another one Captain. who was with us recently and uh, to do a race we never got to do right across america which i think you know we both find ourselves being asked the question, do you want to do that? When you were asked to ride across America as part of a relay team, how on earth did you get involved in that? Yeah, it was a friend of a friend of a friend who was uh, involved with the Forgen now. Uh, and she said they were looking for a, particularly a female millennial bike rider. And so she asked me, hey, do you want to have a conversation? with them and see if it might be something you're interested in. And I had no idea what I was getting into, but just had a, a conversation with Jim and it, it progressed and it's like, yeah, let's do this. I, how did you feel at the time when you said yes? Um, well, my husband, you guys know him, Zach, he made me take a week and go on a solo 50 plus mile bike ride by myself before I agreed to say <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's like, you realize what you're signing up for, right? Like you're riding across America 24 hours a day. Like it's not going to be like fun or glamorous. Do you want to do it? Um, so I took a good, a good amount of time to think over it. Cause I'm, I'm a quick yes person and yeah. I often regret <laughs> some yeses. <laughs> so I gave myself like, I think 10, 10 days to really think through it. And then said, hell yeah, let's go. Now, of course, why that didn't happen doesn't matter, but doing that process, uh, even when we'd already decided it wasn't going ahead, everyone had committed to come to Mallorca and 
we were very lucky to get to spend some time with you and Zach, uh, along with a group of wild rowdy Americans on the <laughs> island doing some great cycling experiences. And, and I guess to me, it was great, wasn't it, to have that extra time with you. And just the other day, you posted a picture of you in Palmer. A great picture. Great picture. And, and we both found ourselves doing what you did because we've now moved back to Scotland going, yeah, that's such a great place. Yeah. Um, great memories. Yeah. So was there a particular highlight when you were with us that you remember the most? Oh gosh, there's so, there's so many. Um, it was like a week full of a lot of, a lot of highlights, a lot of butt hurt from being on the bike for so long. Um, but I think, gosh, it's, it's hard to narrow it down to one, but I think the, the Sakalabra, <laughs> I think that was absolutely a highlight. The, the descent of just feeling like I literally thought I was going to die, like probably at least a handful of times and just getting down and like being shaking. My whole body was shaking. Zach was like, are you okay? Like, yeah. yes, I didn't die. <laughs> yeah. there, you know, there's cliffs and you like could just catapult off at any point. And I know people have yeah. died. So I think like that risk and that adventure was incredible. And then uh, you and I pretty much cycled the whole way back up to the top and it was, we we're just singing songs and getting through <laughs> it, <laughs> grinding right. our legs for like, an hour straight so uh, that whole experience was incredible yeah it's, it was a I suspect one of the top 10 climbs in the world so so for you to get to do that and, and i didn't realize living there at the time that's how important it was and it was it was fabulous wasn't it, it was, and yes I, I also remember when you were cycling down and we'll move on debbie right yeah from cycling in a second because we must highlight all of debbie's amazing food which is much more important but uh, <laughs> oh there yeah was quite, that was yeah. Close second. <laughs> yeah. On, on the descent, I, I remember I was way back behind you before we started descending. And then all of a sudden, I caught you and Zach up near the bottom. So, because you guys had already gone down, because one of the team had, had to stay at the top. So, I was at the very, very back. And then all of a sudden, because I knew it, I was flying down it. But I could see so many people going, Oh my Lord, I don't like this. But it's an incredible experience. There's cars and tour buses, and it's like one way street. Like yeah. there's not enough room for bike, like the hundreds of bike riders plus the the sliding through, you know, rock caves with buses. And You're like, right. what are we doing? What am I doing? What did I signed up for? Um, but that like feeling of yeah, oh, I did it. That was pretty amazing. And getting it to getting to do it with everybody else was. And I think one of the things, thanks about the food comment, and just so everybody knows, they know I don't cycle. I do a lot of walking, but I don't do the cycling. <laughs> um, just in regards to is, I think if a lot of us, each one of us got something out of that trip. And I think part of it was reassessing, reevaluating the time we had off bikes and just literally all together talking about life. We had some awesome We times. did, yeah, some fabulous yeah. yeah, and I think one of the things that, for you, you are going through your own thought processes as well as scaring yourself half to death. Yeah. Um, but you were going through your own thought processes as well by transitioning and doing something completely different. So talk us through how you kind of do what you're doing now, but making that decision. Yeah, there was like, I remember getting back from that trip and everything kind of shifted when you get so out of your element mm -hmm. and you go do something different, it forces you to reevaluate 
a lot of different things. But yeah, I was at kind of a pivotal point in my career life at that point. Um, I was working 100%. So I've had a couple of different transitions of going from corporate life, deciding to leave that um, when I was a financial planner. Then I went off completely on my own and realized that I actually really love working with other people. And so at that time when I was in America, it was like this, it was the pinnacle of everything that I care most about of like getting to push yourself and challenge yourself and be around people that inspire you and do it together and encourage each other, go through the ups and the downs together. I think for the two years before that, I was writing that all by myself and I got really lonely. Um, solopreneurship is incredibly challenging um, and it's impossible without community um, and without having a support system that really fosters your growth. And so that time was like, oh yeah, no, it was solidifying for me of like, this actually really does matter. And I do want to do, do life and business with others. I want to grow in a team with other people as opposed to just on my own. And so it was, it was, but it is a big risk again, just going back in and kind of feeling like you're starting over a little bit and um, re- relaying some foundation and filling in some cracks so but I think that's the important thing isn't it I think there's the there's there's the ability to be self-aware and also for me and it's a consistent theme for me is the reality of what people tell us something is and what it actually really is you know so working in a corporate I was a corporate girl for 20 odd years loved it I loved but actually what I enjoyed was the regularity of being paid knowing I got paid a certain amount on the same day did I enjoy my job 24 7 no did I that would be a lie <laughs> but I just I knew and you know I forced myself into certain roles and allowed myself to be challenged in certain roles but I still wasn't truly happy and mm-hmm. I loved the idea of being my own boss and being that and all these stories I saw Dave doing it successfully thinking god this must be really easy Dave can do it I can do it um but I think it's we we do live in a world that's a bit glossed up um that's an understatement it's very glossed up and it doesn't allow us to sometimes be as prepared as we should be because people give the impression this is how it is but when you're in it and you're doing it like you've just identified a solopreneur and there's going to be a lot more of them in 2021 yeah. because of our joy of 2020 but it's it's really hard yeah yeah no, not just the business development the motivation the 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 loneliness yeah, you like know, you said no debbie I, I remember um going out for a coffee with debbie's father back in 2005 2006 and sitting in a starbucks and asking him, what was it like building your business? And uh, he was a successful man, wasn't he, Debbie? And, and building and selling a Britain's first pizza business. Is that right? Uh, manufacturing. And I remember asking him about it. And he said to me, you've got to decide if it's for you. He said, it's not yeah. for everybody. He said, as a business owner, you will have two things happen. You'll either find yourself being schizophrenic any given time over multiple things that you're thinking about or you might not cope with the financial burden so you might have to get a job Mm. and 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 he was actually very candid and i've never you know there are certain conversations in time where you stop and go that is so true and i i'm the i'm a blend of both of those views there's no more to it than that yeah so if you're not 
like you said, in a community as a solopreneur, you don't have the chance to build a framework around you to give yourself a chance to get out of billing cycles, to get out of 90-day patterns, pipelines not being full enough. The list is quite big, isn't it, which creates anxiety. So kudos to you for sticking at it. So the transition going from corporate to solopreneur and then building your community. So talk talk us about that because it's really exciting what you are now doing and what you've built. Yes. So, and I I guess I've never been like fully corporate. I've always, um, in financial planning, I was always the one that had to go out and, you know, make the, make the contacts and get the clients. And so my, I've never had a paycheck. Um, so at least I was kind of primed for that piece. I mean, I think I got like when I was in training, like a thousand dollars a month or something stupid that wouldn't even pay my rent. Um, so, um, the, the, financial fluctuations were not overly foreign to me um, when I decided to take the make the transition but going from financial planning which was I could see my path ahead of me and I saw all the people ahead of me and there was just something that was like that's like not really what I like imagine my life being like this isn't the path that I I don't really want to like build the life that I see ahead of me I'm not excited about it and I kept trying and kept trying and kept trying over and over again square peg round hole feeling like all the time and I was like is there something wrong with me like I'm hitting I'm successful by all standards but like I don't feel successful um and so I think when I went again (laughs) kind of blindly jumped I had a a business plan of sorts to help millennials with financial awareness, uh, just kind of taking some of the things that I already had learned and, you know, bringing it to an underserved market. And uh, yeah, it was scary. It was really scary to leave for, I had built for four years, a, the financial planning business and then to like leave and kind of start over again. But it was also this like rebirth feeling of like, oh, I get to kind of reinvent myself a bit and go after something that I am actually really passionate about, that I'm excited about. And it was less about the business than it was like the the lifestyle and the life that I had envisioned for myself. Um, but I also think like you're saying, like it's glossed over, like you get in your Instagram feed like hashtag entrepreneur life and it's like all these beautiful pictures of people working from the beach and you know I can work from wherever I want to in the world and blah blah it's like you have to go you have to wear so many hats you're the accountant you're the scheduler you're like you're doing all of it and so um yeah it was exhausting it was exhausting to do that and to step into into those roles and really have to like become jack of all trades in a lot of ways which I don't know if we're totally designed to do um I think yeah it's a very few people that are really and you have to be very visionary but also very tactical um all at the same time and be today but also like 10 years ahead in like directing the ship um and so now and, you know, after doing that for two years, it was a reflection of, you know, I really like these certain aspects, but I really don't like these certain aspects and I don't really want to do that. And so joining up with um, Revenue Tribe, the company that I work with now, um, 
I've found a spot where I get to shine in my, in my areas and really focus on the things that I want to and, and build our, still build the company, but do it with other people that have, you know, skill sets that match that like help each other become more of a whole, a whole and do more together than we could apart. Sorry, I was just going to say, do retain your thought, because I, I bet it's good. Um, the, there's, there's two things I like there about what you're saying. It was One was that the path wasn't always clear from when you left what you were doing to where you were going and where you are now. I also like the fact that you are filtering all the time or have been filtering all the time the lifestyle you want to live. And if you're listening to this today on Double D Do Business, how many times do you ask that question? Is this the lifestyle I want to live? And actually, if you are somebody that wants to have a slightly different lifestyle, what are you prepared to commit to, isn't it, as well, Jordan, to yeah. make that change? Because here's the next big open vortex. You must have felt vulnerable at times. Oh, yeah. You can't, and it's, you can't be one foot in, one foot out. And I tried to do that for, not tried to, I think I was subconsciously doing that for a long time, which made it really hard. Um, and so that difference between being interested and being committed, um, commitment requires incredible vulnerability because you have to be hundred percent all in and know that you're gonna, you're gonna fail. <laughs> you're gonna fall down. You don't know, just like that Mallorca trip. Like I had no idea what I was getting into and it was scary being around people that had been racing like doing cycle cycling races and world championships and own cycling you know yeah. businesses and like I am way in over my head and like when you start in business like you're gonna be way in over your head and it's gonna be scary as hell and you also have to trust I think the best part of entrepreneurship is the internal revolution that happens like if you're not solid in yourself, your business will never, like you have to build that foundation from within. And I think it doesn't really matter. Like your business is just a vehicle a lot of times to either make an impact or make an income or whatever, you know, the tangible external is that you're wanting to get to. But yeah. the inside game is so much more interesting to me of like what you have to be like on your inner game just as much as your outer game which is a whole nother dimension of business ownership that I don't think it's talked about as much because it's all let's get the tactics right let's get the tactics right and, and now mindset and everything's become more of a conversation but there's a like spiritual piece like revolution that happens there's a emotional there's mental there's like there's so many different other it's kind of like any kind of like sports too. Like there's that whole other aspect that is not just what's happening on the outside. I, I agree. We, we launched um, a prelude today, Dollar Dream Club, where we take, we're helping people find their master key for a dollar a week, a pound a week, depending on where you live. And, and actually <laughs> it's all centered about that same message that you just talked about, which is master your world within. You have to say it like a movie mm -hmm. voice. Because that's how important it is. It's yeah. like a, <laughs> Go on. What? No, I was just going to say your voice is a bit tired, so it sounds really deep. Yeah, it sounds deeper. You must have your But I think one of the one of my thoughts that were passing as we were talking about this was really interesting because I think 
one of the things you talked about was this this need to do everything yeah. and i think there's a real challenge that happens is that it becomes a really uh, downward spiral because we can't do everything and no. you know, there are some amazing people out there and i think i'm pretty talented you're talented i think dave's talented but there are certain things that if we don't do them very well we'll do them worse and worse and worse and yeah. actually we don't we then don't present ourselves in our in our best way possible totally so it's actually more damaging and i think one of the things you know people you going working with people with the same sense of community and drive and focus and um, not just a mindset, but also just people that may have experienced the same things as you. And, and I think working as a husband and wife team, the past few weeks particularly have been really interesting where we, we work with other husband and wife team, which is not something we planned, but that's how it works. That's a great idea. No, but it, yeah. but it's, that's what happened and, that, yeah. and ha has happened. But what's also occurring now is how do you complement working with somebody, living with somebody, living life and experience it with them because it is 24 seven. Yeah. And you know, people are doing it now because forced through COVID and working at home on in home. Um, and I just, it fascinates me that you've got to be really self-aware. You've got to be so aware of what you're good at and then be able to go, nope, can't do that. Just, just can't do that. There's no point in me doing it because I'm going to do it badly. And I think yeah. that's where people fall over. That's why businesses fail. That's why, because they don't ask for help. They don't yeah. say, I need help. I don't, I can't or, do this. Or, or, or they don't think ahead to, you know, in my forecasting of what's coming next, I've got to raise my price somewhere to budget, yeah. to hire my resources that I can't do. Or mm -hmm. to hire your weaknesses out, because that's such an answer to so many problems. Yet, if you stay in a price cycle, you can't get to it. So... And people will understand that, I think, eventually, if the service gets better. But I, I liked, I like what you said. It was a vulnerable time, wasn't it? Being on that path, like you said, with the cycling. I want to just test something now to see which trigger is correct. No, Lord, go on. You have to watch the woman's <laughs> face. Right, I can't remember which way around it was. Are you ready? Hey, Sue. Hey, Scott. <laughs> Because you were in that minibus, weren't you? And Scott was either driving or Sue was. And as a marital couple, your point, uh, they, they would holler across the van. It was quite funny. But in a way, that it just cut through the noise. And yeah. it didn't matter what was going on, Sue or Scott would answer. And they'd be yeah. together a very long time. So it makes sense what you're saying. Because mm -hmm. that's that ability to go, a bit like you've become a mum recently. And there's a, there's a moment where you just know, you know, Zach will know, hopefully, when you're saying something, when he better darn well listen, right? Because <laughs> you've had enough, yeah. or whatever it might be. So yeah, Revenue gosh. Drive then is a community mm -hmm. you're part of that really helps you. Give us a bit of an ex example of what Revenue Tribe is doing today and what people sh should know about. Yeah, it's, it's really designed to help business owners understand their inner world because we are expected to kind of have it all together and, and figure it out. And, and it's hard to let down the pride. Um, and yeah. so it's right now a group of eight, I believe we have eight different coaches that were, um, we all have kind of different specialties, but under the, under the umbrella of entrepreneurs um, that are wanting to do impactful things in the world, but yeah, keep kind of finding themselves in cycles, um, you know, self-sabotaging their own success and not really sure what's what's happening and so we help them identify 
well, A, do you know where you're actually going? <laughs> what is it that actually matters most to you? Um, and get back in touch with like the truth of who they are, because Debbie, to your point, like so many people, like we try to do everything and then you lose a sense of yourself in that process. And then you start telling yourself lies about, <laughs> I mean, they feel like truths. You're like, I'm just bad at this. I'm, I'm not going to make it. I can't do it. So it's like really realigning with the truth of what's possible um, and creating a strong vision and mission for yourself and for your life and breaking through, uh, breaking down and breaking through some of those limiting thoughts, limiting beliefs that are getting, getting in the way of you actually succeeding. Um, and within the company of Revenue Tribe, I think the biggest thing that I've learned is how to be vulnerable because I was raised very much in this like and I don't blame my parents by any means, but it was like, you just, you present yourself like you always have it together and you show up. Um, and, I, and I just have always held myself to very high standards internally, which have been somewhat hurtful to me, like down the line, because it's like, you can never meet your own internal expectations. So you're never good enough. Like I just, and that's really what kept me even in the last four years, like that's really been my breakthrough is understanding how to even like experience my emotions because it got me to like such a, like just almost robotic place that I, my heart was hardened, even though it had good intentions. It was just, I couldn't even, I couldn't feel what I was trying to feel anymore. So I think the community that I have within, within the coaches and within the, the business builders at Revenue Tribe is, is like, there's such a safe place, like you were saying, just like such a safe place to like not have it all together. And it's allowed me to show up more authentically in my life um, and with my friends and kind of re rewire my inner world. Um, and that's what I love helping people do. I remember I went through it the first time five years ago and her, you know, the curriculum five years ago and it's like, I, there was something in me. I was like, Oh, I really like, I want to do this with people. I, at the moment I just like, I don't know how the hell I'm going to do that, but um, yeah, it's, it's really re rewiring the inner world so that you can actually create the outer world that you want to see. Um, yeah, and I think it's great. It's, it's for me, that's truly fascinating. Cause I, I think we live in a world where we do a lot of talking, but we don't then take the action. And mm -hmm. so we'll talk about vulnerability and we'll talk about authenticity and we'll talk about um, uh, what we think other people want us to be saying. But actually, yeah. until you sit down, Dave said to me several years ago, you know, until you're vulnerable, Debbie, nothing will change. And at that point, you know, I was a big drinker. Yeah, you said some good things. Mm -hmm. uh, Thank you. Yeah. I must have been wearing an iron outlawed suit <laughs> and I was armed. Or I was just drinking That's heavily right. and I didn't really no, but it's, it's, it's true, but it's but it is the same thing. And, and I think, you know, one of the things that we, we've learned through being parents, you do things as parents because you, you were very kind not to blame your parents, but let's not focus on them, let's focus on what you said. There are unintended consequences of actions you take as a parent. The intention is often correct, but the consequence, here's the bit that's really difficult, is usually completely unexpected, right? Mm -hmm. It'll produce a fruit that's completely different to what the person yeah. intended. I'll give you a classic example, classic, right? Couple are arguing, don't argue in front of the child, right? The reasons for that are highly logical. They almost make sense, right? Yeah. 
you've no idea what the subconscious power of that on that mm -hmm. child's brain's chemistry and it will produce in the future an unexpected consequence which will be repression which who will knows hold back emotions it'll be uh, you can't raise your voice. It'll be oh, who knows? explosions of anger. Yeah, yeah, totally. But mm -hmm. everything that was done intent was done with a positive intent. And and yeah. I think you saw right, Dave. It's you, we do we set out to do the good stuff. Unless, right? Unless, as you were saying, you demonstrate yeah. vulnerability. Yeah, and be willing to say, you know, that was like. That wasn't the best. And I think I have like a whole new level of respect for my parents now and for all parents, because you, when you're in it, you just are doing the best you can at any given moment. And I don't think anybody has any intentions of ever, I mean, there are people, let's say yeah. the 5%, whatever, yeah. that maybe don't have great intentions, but I would say the vast majority of people and parents have great intentions for what they're doing. And you have no control over how your child is going to interpret because it's all the power of interpretation of like the human brain, like my brother and I interpret what our parents did so differently. So you can't even like, yeah. there is no level of perfection, but I think, yeah, being willing and like honest, vulnerable and like taking ownership of like, yeah, maybe that wasn't the best. And I, I want to make, make it right um, in the future and like adjust my actions accordingly. But like you're saying, Debbie, it's like, it's such a practice. Like you can't, you, yeah, you can, you can read all the Brene Brown books and know all that you want to about the concepts of vulnerability <laughs> um, yeah. and like putting yourself out there and taking risks and stuff. But if you're not actually doing it and like practicing it, it's, it falls flat. And so I think, yeah, it is the practice and the integration and allowing yourself to go kind of flop on your face. It's, also, it it's simplifying, isn't it? You know, what is vulnerability? Well, it's me saying, I really messed up. I effed up. I failed here, but I'm learning yeah. from it. Um, I'm genuinely sorry. I didn't have that intention. It's, and I think mm -hmm. that's the bit that gets lost for me is people understand that they need to be vulnerable because it's a positive attribute. It's a healthy attribute. It's like you said before, it's about recognizing I feel this way, but I don't know what exactly I'm feeling, but I've just got to feel it. I need to be allowed to feel it. Because once we do that, the subconscious brain allows us to move through it and we can deal with whatever's coming, no matter how big or small. But I think those are the, the bits, isn't it? How am I? Yeah. How do I demonstrate vulnerability? How do I, you know, help myself and others? And I think that's the bit, you know, I can, I'm with you, I love Brenna Brain. And actually, she was my pivotal turning point for me on a beach in Mallorca. Um, yeah. but, in, in, but I took action. And I think that's the thing. Just one bit, because I've loved this bit. I've been reading a book by James Clear called Atomic Habits. Oh, yeah. Really good book, highly recommended. But there's one thing in there that kind of ties this together. And he just demonstrates one of the reasons why we don't change our habits or identify with our habits. And he said, we're either in motion or inaction. And I've just loved this whole concept of how 
we live mostly in motion. Right. We're always mm. doing or going to or learning or planning or thinking about. But actually that in motion doesn't create change or transition or learning or development. It's the action. And that's the bit where we've got to keep messing it up. And I think yeah. it's how many times do we reflect back vulnerability and say, am I in motion or am I in action? I need to get into that inaction bit. But we've got yeah. to start with the motion. So you can't avoid it, but you can't stay in it. No, I, I like it. And mm -hmm. I think I think I've just had two things to what you were talking about. And that is, let's remember a modern day truth, which is with children, make the place safe. Yeah. And then number mm -hmm. two, and then on the back of that, if you could teach young children one skill for tomorrow that they're really going to need is to talk straight through conversations, you know, yeah. and feel OK, feel safe, feel vulnerable, recognize they don't like it. And when they're retreating, step back in we might just change the future because they yeah. don't know how to do that today through no fault of their own. Because mm. I didn't know that 10, 15 years ago, I should teach my child that, but boy, would I do it today? Uh, because it, it would change the future that we're all dealing with or grappling with or fighting with mm. politically, economically and systematically in our communities right now today by equipping the children of tomorrow to do those things. So let's come back to you though. Yeah. Um, I love the fact you shared this vulnerability in your story. I love the fact you've talked about your paths not being clear and following it based on this lifestyle story from earlier on. And I also love the fact that Jordan, as the technical millennial lady cyclist <laughs> from the team that never rode America, um, that you're in that bracket where you really are teaching the tapestry of the internal mindset that, and the spiritual side of this too, um, to people that really need it, because there's not enough people who are really grounded in the craft like you are today, unlocking people's potential, not for you, for them to be <laughs> as they choose to be. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Yes, I love it. Yeah, thank, thank you, you Jordan. Too. Yes, thank you. It's uh, as you say, and I'm sure you guys experience this too, because you're in this world also, but as you continue to progress your life too, you are learning with your clients in a lot of oh. ways. Like there, and that's why I say like your clients should inspire you just as much as they, you inspire them. And it's a, a working relationship that, and not to like be the, I've, I've tried, you know, wearing the expert hat before and I, I don't claim to be an expert by any means, but I am committed to continuing to doing the work. And, and I know it's never gonna end. Like you don't just like be vulnerable one day and then, you know, you don't like just show up for the work one day and then it's like, oh, I'm life's better. No, it's gonna revert back. You have to keep working the muscle. You have to keep strengthening and, con and continuing. And so it's an expansive process, but I'm, it's just an honor to get to, do it with people and like that people trust um, me, trust the process. And a lot of times it's like their first time of really trusting themselves again and trusting that they're, you know, wanting to make changes and, and that they can like really listen to that, their inner voice again. That's sometimes we just shut it down. And for me, that's what alcohol was for a long time was just a way of avoiding a lot of the things subconsciously that I was thinking. I didn't know in the time, again, good intentions. I want to party and have fun, um, turned into, you know, just an avoidance tactic, um, and really 
got a little out of control at times. And then now it's like, oh, I can actually listen to that voice and not be afraid of it and hold space for it. So yes, thank you guys. I love what you guys are doing too. And thank you. I love how our paths continue to cross thank back you. up even a year, right, year and a half later. You never stop learning. And I think that's the, the minute you decide and Mm -hmm. this is another podcast for expert maybe we'll pick this up next time expert versus specialist versus generalist mm -hmm. that could be our next topic because that's one of my favorites <laughs> um, <laughs> but thank you so much thank you we'll yeah. support Revy Chow and we'll put it in the podcast as well so that people yeah. can find you directly which is really important and also on, F on Facebook you do some really great posts so get people to follow those as well and kind of really listen in because they can experience Jordan as well Oh, and a, final, a final thing from if there's one thing that you heard doing this whole podcast and you're listening to this to our listeners i want to just re recite re-say remind what jordan said right which was and i could see she's thinking what was it that i said <laughs> i know like right? what's he gonna say i don't know yeah, absolutely and i think it's a really simple saying so if you listen to this back we know many people do pick out this one thought stop being interested and get committed Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. You've been listening to the Double D Do Business Podcast, brought to you by RLC and sponsored by Coachpad, the coaching tool built for you by coaches for coaches. If you would like any assistance or help for what you've heard today, please feel free to get in touch with us at info at rlc-global.com. That's info at rlc-global.com. And we would be delighted to hear from you. Wishing you every success with your learning.